0: the never-ending glory podcast this is episode 8 i'm your host luke really here as always with my main man jerry burris who i'm hoping has finally worked off that memorial day hangover uh sipping on all those tasty heady ipas jerry how you doing today it
1: started friday night heavy during the Cavs game and i don't think it really stopped until monday nine o'clock during the warriors game uh, yeah a little foggy right now but we'll be okay
0: Will be great. We did have a great sports weekend. Obviously, we finished up the Western Conference Finals, as well as the Eastern Conference Finals, and we now know who the Cavs will be facing That's right. on Thursday. And of course, bringing in our NBA expert Jason Farky Farkas. Farky, how are you doing today? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the King of Cleveland. Put on.
1: Put on. That's a little taste how I'm doing. <laughs> that, that was almost like a uh, like a Steve Austin glass shattering smash walk in. That was that, that felt great. Good job.
0: I didn't expect. that. I love that. But I, I will say though, I mean, you're playing Kanye who represents Chicago. No, He's no, sure no, today, no, 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 in no, harmony. You know, Cleveland's no, a safe. That's
1: come, come. Uh, yeah, no, that's Young
2: Jeezy. Oh yeah, that's Jeezy. You oh, know, that's that's Jeezy and Kanye. And all I can think of is the Cleveland skyline when that music comes on.
1: Yeah, that was the intro music um, for, I think, two seasons. And and I know for a playoff run. So, Luke, you know, be quiet. You don't know Cleveland stuff. You think you're in. You got your Kanye hit. But no, no, no. That's the track. That's the track.
0: That's fine. I know know Bone thugs and harmony I know East 99th Street. I I know Cleveland, okay? (laughs) If you're going to represent Cleveland, you have to play Bone thugs and harmony no. Simple as that.
1: Oh. No. I actually was at the game during the Hawks playoff series, and they had Bone Thugs perform at halftime. Not so good. Not, it, wasn't, it wasn't very good.
0: Well, I don't, I don't need to hear them now. Let's hear their hits from the late 90s. You know, Art of War, It's uh, Farky knows, one of the greatest songs ever, Notorious Thugs, uh, featuring Notorious B.I.G. I mean, I'd rather hear that over, I put on for my city, but... That's neither here nor there. That was still a great hey. intro, Farkey. Welcome to the Neverending Glory podcast. Quite the hit! You had a great weekend, Memorial Day weekend, and you have yet another great weekend coming up. Let us know your plans for this upcoming weekend.
2: Big, big week. So, tomorrow, fly out Vegas. We have a uh, little bachelor party out there for 99er. Uh, and. Fly on Sunday from Vegas to uh, Miami. Go from Miami to uh, cruise ship on Monday morning for four days for my cousin's wedding. So it's it's going to be quite the trip. Um, you know, right now Vegas opened with the odds of me taking the Cavs money line on Thursday at about minus fifteen hundred. So uh, <laughs> jump on that now because it's probably going to be off the board by Thursday morning.
0: Well, I, you know, God bless you. God bless your liver. God bless your bank account. That's yeah, going to be flying
1: out there with an IV in your arm. Or how's this working?
2: Uh, you know, it's to be uh, it's still to be determined. I'm going out there with the <laughs> with a couple of the heavy hitters, a couple Hall of Famers. So obviously, we had a, a very
0: fun-filled Memorial Day weekend. Not only watching sports, but also uh, pickling our livers. And Farky's party isn't going to end anytime soon. But tonight we are talking Western Conference Finals Review. So we'll talk about how the Golden State and Oklahoma City Thunder Series finished up. And then, of course, we will check in on the NBA Finals as Game 1 is on Thursday night in Golden State uh, as the Cavaliers will be traveling to Oakland to take on the Warriors for the second year in a row in the NBA Finals. But, of course, please make sure you do check us out on Twitter at Glory Podcast on Facebook, Never Ending Glory Podcast. Send us emails at negpodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, follow our companion blog at www.negpodcast.com. So, of course, the Western Conference Finals ended up being a very exciting series. Um, went down to Game 7, as I called it. However, unfortunately, the team I was pulling for, the Oklahoma City Thunder, could not pull it off in the end because they flat-out choked in Game 6. And then Game 7, just uh, decided not to pass the ball in the waning moments of the game. So, of course, we all watched this game on Saturday night, so it might be a little bit hazy. But, gentlemen, we'll start with you, Farky. What was your take on how this series finished
2: for the Thunder? I thought it was was excruciating. And I just – I had a bad feeling after they went up 3-1 just because I – I, I really liked what they were doing. I didn't think it was sustainable. I mean, the, the whole storyline about whether Curry was hurt or not hurt, that just that got obnoxious. But it seemed like every game after they went up 3-1 was just a knife just slowly being dug into your chest and turned. Every game, it just got a little worse. And I think everyone knew by game seven it was going to be damn near impossible to go win at Oracle. And, and obviously that's what happened.
0: Yeah, I mean Oklahoma City definitely made a game of it. They were up at the end of the first half, but however, scoring twelve pounds, twelve points in the third quarter is ultimately what did them in. But uh, Jared, a lot of talk about Steph Curry and his injury, and I'm sure that annoyed you too as
1: well, right? It's it's totally annoying. Obviously, the the mothership is is all about the Steph Curry uh, storylines and. To talk about his injuries and to make things seem like there's almost like a, a way out. If things were not to work out for the Warriors, it just seemed like that storyline was just shoved down our throats. I was more impressed with how the pace of play affected him. Uh, I don't think he was ready for the way Russell Westbrook and, and the Thunder played. They got more possessions and, uh, as it seemed, got some leads. And you know it just broke down from there. Like you said, that, that 12-point quarter and – just the second halves of all these games were just like Jason said—a slow knife pulling in and out of you. You're like dying. Like, what are you guys doing? And I think it comes down to Donovan of over anybody. Am I wrong? Like, this is a coaching thing. It's 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 not your stars. It's it's like set something up here. Get the right timeout. Get the. Right, I, I don't know what to say. I'm in shock. I thought at three one, this thing should be over. I don't believe in in the Warriors as this mythical creature that can't be beat. I don't understand what just happened to us. Well, not to us, it wasn't the Cavs, but you you know what I mean.
0: Uh, like an idiot I was on a Walking Dead binge yesterday so I, I was watching the I was getting caught up and I was watching the season finale which was just a waste of 90 minutes uh, the worst show on TV I don't know why I still watch it but anyways I was following the game on my phone I wasn't really paying too too much attention to it but I saw the the Thunder were up in game seven I was like okay you know they, they got a shot here they still have two of the top five players in the NBA on their team and they already they had the lead in Oakland and um, And they just blew it. They just blew it, just like they blew it in Game 6. So, unfortunately, you know, well, I guess it depends on how you look at it. If you're pulling for the Thunder, it's unfortunate. If you weren't pulling for the Thunder, then you're happy to see him go down. But... Like most of America, it seems like, they're, they've they actually stopped pulling for Steph Curry and the Warriors, and I thought that was one of the biggest storylines to come out of this game and out of this series, is that the trend we've been seeing on the internet, um, just in talking with our friends and just people who talk sports, is all of a sudden, Steph Curry went from this babyface guy that everybody loved to one of the biggest heels in the NBA, and everybody seems to be kind of getting sick of his shtick. Do you think that's warranted or not, Farky? I personally, personally, I think that the guy has been doing what he's always done. He's a little bit boisterous when he makes big shots. He gets the crowd into it. Did you know he
1: his wife and kid? Did you know that? He, he <laughs> did, I didn't know if you guys knew that, but he really loves his wife and kid and will tell you every time he scores. I sure problem. know that. And he in his mouthpiece.
0: Yeah, the mouthpiece the mouth mouthpiece mouth thing is pretty annoying. I will say every time he takes a uh, a free throw, that thing's hanging out. But in the end, yeah, I, I do want to hear because I know that you are not a Steph Curry fan, so I want to hear where this uh, pure hatred's coming from.
2: Uh, it's 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 grown on me. I I actually didn't mind him when he first came into the league because I think, like everyone else, I was impressed by his his body size and what he was able to do, and he just seemed like this real weak sickly player that just seemed to get to the rim make baskets and shoot that shoot the lights out and in college I, I actually really really liked him because he was kind of the underdog at Davidson and, and all that but just since they started winning I don't know even last year it wasn't as bad but this year it, it's it's an over swagger that he has it's like that smart ass look that people give you when you know that they're that they're mocking you in their head he's constantly just just berating people with like I said his mouthpiece and going to the line and I think he knows people don't like it and and he continues to just kind of push it and it's pretty atypical with the media but the media I think in this instance with the whole is he injured not injured thing it was so obvious that it had nothing to do with that that even people that were just your your average fans that watched the game they, they could notice that okay he's just shooting bad and making some bad passes this game that's why he's not playing well and then the next game Okay, he's shooting sixty percent from the three-point line, and everybody's clicking on all cylinders. That's why he's playing well. And I think everybody was just kind of annoyed by the fact that they were almost being tricked into thinking maybe he's hurt.
0: Yeah, the storyline of the injury was really annoying. I thought, and and I was, you know, I am a Steph Curry fan. I obviously defended him when we had the whole LeBron versus Steph MVP debate. Um, but when you're making the excuse that he's not making his shots because his legs are at seventy percent. Well, everybody's legs are at seventy percent. This is you they're in what, month six of the NBA season right now? So uh,
2: No, actually actually his legs are at a hundred percent because he took two weeks off during the middle of the playoff. <laughs> <laughs> right. A
1: little
0: right. right, right. But you know, I think the main thing here is is whenever the media finds somebody like their their new darling player. They're obviously going to shove it down your throat, and I think we see it a lot in the in all of the sports. I, and to to draw from a player very close to my heart, I think you see it with Tom Brady. He went from being the lovable underdog, sixth round pick, pick one hundred and ninety nine, which we've all heard the story, and then all of a sudden you see some success, and you see all of a sudden this guy's getting some attention. He's getting uh, photo shoots done. He's in GQ. He's all over ESPN and then what happens if you have no skin in the game if you're not a Patriots fan all of a sudden you're getting sick of this guy and it just gets to the point where he's become more of an annoyance than you appreciate how well he's playing. Right now Tom Brady's arguably
2: the most hated man in sports. Yeah, but, but that's I really don't like that because it's not warranted and it, it's it's that's more of jealousy. I mean LeBron's you kind of have to take out of the out of the example because his is he, he screwed over his entire city, betrayed everyone. I mean, it was warranted that the hate that people had for him right. still have for him. So I, I think his doesn't really count in this example. But Brady's, to me, I mean, it's a bunch of grown-ass men that are jealous of Tom Brady, that he's married to Giselle, that he's the greatest quarterback of all time, that he's okay. attractive, that he can't do anything wrong, that he gets to play with a coach that's arguably the greatest coach of our era. I mean, it, it, his is strictly a jealousy factor to me. I can see that. I can see that. Um, And the other thing that came
0: out of this series, especially when it comes to LeBron and um, Steph Curry, is do we have a heel versus heel NBA Finals, Jer? I mean, is it like the old school Kane versus Undertaker match of the late 90s where you have two villains going at each other because – LeBron James outside of Cleveland is probably still seen as a villain by a lot of players and all of a sudden Steph Curry's getting this bad reputation so is there a good guy in this fight because we know Draymond Green isn't a good guy
1: Um, right I think it's more Draymond Green acts the part than it is actually is a a tough guy but I'm still not all in on the the Steph Curry storyline of being uh hated I think it's just oversaturation is causing an annoyance than it is a pure hatred thing so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna buy the the heel versus heel thing i think it's two very very passionate fan bases who despise everything about the other team um you could make a case that i i hate most spates just as much as i hate um you know harrison (laughs) barnes i i I could pick a reason for anything i think it's because most Bates has some sort of crater on the back of his head that you could land a lunar <laughs> rover on, but um I think it's, I think it's the opposite of a crater. I think it's more like a small oh, you, mountain no, range i I'm sorry, my geography's not what it once was, but <laughs> you get the picture I mean they could pick out anything about our team that they want, you know they could say um whatever about LeBron and they're probably spot on and we just don't see it. So it's interesting to get your take thinking, well I just don't like either one of these guys. And there's probably tons of listeners out there that think the same thing. You know, but hopefully from our our perspective, which is you know two-thirds of this conversation, I don't I don't hate Curry. I'm just so sick of it I just can't stand it anymore it's just a frustration and it's not a jealousy thing like it is with Tom Brady that that comparison I don't I don't buy in either um it's it's just absolute frustration and like you just can't get away from you just absolutely can't get away
0: do you think it would have been different if Oklahoma City won do you think that you would have hated Kevin Durant and the Thunder, or would it have just been a hatred until this series was over?
1: I, I don't think it would have been a hatred thing. I think it would have been, man, this is going to be a phenomenal matchup, and I can't wait to see it. It's going to be, you know, five to seven games of great basketball. Right. Um, it's, it's really hard to hate
2: Kevin Durant, the guy. Yeah. I agree. He keeps his mouth shut. He plays. Even Russell Westbrook, he he, he can be annoying, and he's kind of like that little pest gnat. Especially, but he doesn't whine. Seems like anymore, he gets back and plays, keeps his mouth shut. He may throw a cheap shot in there now and then, but I think most people are so in such awe of his athletic ability that it, he kind of gets a pass for when he's when he's acting like a child.
0: That, that's a great point, Farky. And uh, the one thing I hate about Russell Westbrook is his clothing choices. But that's just me. That's um, like his hobby, though.
1: Like there's a great article about him saying like twenty things you don't know about Russ Westbrook, and. He says he doesn't golf. This is his hobby. You know, some people, you know, collect cars and stuff. Not him. He wears one outfit and then donates it to somebody else. Like uh, that's kind of cool. Then okay, I didn't realize. Yeah, that. Like it was, there was a lot of shocking things about him that you didn't know that because they're not stuffed down your throat every thirty seconds right. on, on radio and on TV. Which so, they might
0: have been if they won the if they won the series.
1: They could have. I just don't think. I think he's more the anti-hero than he is yeah. the, the golden boy. Yeah. And, and, and real quick, I just want to make this this short point
2: is because I'm on here as the LeBron defender to a point, but he's not as hated as, as what you would think, Luke. I know you're on here hating on him because you have to, and your over the top hatred for him is obvious. But down here in Florida, where I'm at, you, you may think that he. He's hated just as bad as in Cleveland, but he's not. In fact, most people I talked to love him down here. He came down here, gave them everything they could have wanted, and then made a move. I mean, look at Shaq. People in Orlando don't don't hate Dylan Neal for going to L.A. And people in L.A., I mean, obviously it was the same thing as him going back to – is LeBron going back to Cleveland. But my point is I think that you're a little more over the top. You're going to have those people out there that, that hate certain players all over the country like Tim Duncan. I don't think there's a guy in the history of the NBA that has complained more than Tim Duncan in NBA basketball games. He's the biggest whiner there is. But I don't. I don't hate Tim Duncan. I just think I don't think LeBron is hated widely and, and evenly as you think he is.
0: Well, maybe maybe not. But in so to defend my point, you you're you've lived in the two markets where the teams would like LeBron. You've lived in the Florida market and the Cleveland market, and it's not like LeBron left. Miami, after promising to to turn the turn the team around, I mean, they should kind of hate him because he said they're going to win not five, not six, or whatever, how many championships he said they were going to win in that stupid uh, little party they had at the the Heat Arena. Um, but uh, I just think that you kind of do see it a little bit differently than I do, just because you've lived it. Now, if you go to a market like, say, you go to, I don't know, say you're in Arizona, who knows? Maybe Arizona, they probably don't care give two shits about basketball because it's the Phoenix Suns. But if you go to a different market where LeBron hasn't you know, made his stamp, then I think maybe you might see it a little bit differently. But I see what you're saying. I mean, my hate for LeBron – or not – okay, my dislike for LeBron is because I am a Boston fan, and Boston and Miami went head-to-head a few times when LeBron was there. They went head-to-head with him in Cleveland. But I'm also a Cleveland fan, and I can see – I guess I – being a Boston fan at first, when he came back to Cleveland, I guess I just didn't really see it as – I just saw it from a totally different view than you guys did. Well, don't you
1: think like being – and I've been to Boston many times and seeing the landscape of of sports media in that area isn't the whole point of that style of media to be – it's us versus everybody. Like nobody gives a crap about us, and we are going to, you know, build our our guys into heroes, whatever sport it is. And it is us versus everyone, and everyone else is the enemy. They really pound that in into their their people. And I don't know if it's the same in everywhere. I can only speak to you know the Cleveland media. I don't think it's the same thing. We don't get that like negative energy focus on one person. I mean, they're talking a little bit about you know. Draymond and, and a little bit about Steph, but it's not like this is public enemy number one. This is right. who all your your should be focused on and you know going after it. It's it to me personally, I think I just um am a little bit more obsessed with the things that I, I noticed the most, you know, like when you say the mouth guard, like that doesn't bother me that much, but the thumping to the heart and pointing every time you make a shot, like I get it. You love your daughter. We get right. it. We're not <laughs> going to kill her. If you don't do it, she's going to be <laughs> fine.
2: One thing, if, if you could have experienced this. This is, this is the last time I was saying about LeBron in this, but if you were in, in the Cleveland, like you said, you bring up a good point. You don't have the perspective we have, but I'm telling you, I was in the arena in in downtown Cleveland the night of his first game back and they played that song and I swear to God I've never been in any type of emotionally charged sporting event than anything like that in my life. It didn't even matter. They lose. I thought the city was going to implode when that song came on. So it, it just he just means so much to the city.
0: You, and, and you're absolutely right and if, if the Cavs win the series against the Warriors The city's gonna burn because You're not gonna have It's gonna make St. Patrick's Day in Cleveland look like uh, 52 years A yeah. pregame, yeah. A, a bar pregame It's gonna be unreal and you know I'm out there for a wedding in mid-June And I'm I'm praying I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for the Cavs here I don't want you guys to think that I'm cheering against Cleveland I want them to win I will put aside my distaste for LeBron James in order to see my friends from Cleveland Win a championship and I hope to Christ it's the same weekend that I'm out there because I want to burn along with the city. Well, you're gonna not going to be
1: able to leave unless it's, you know, you're driving yourself because I don't think they're going to shut down all mass transit. <laughs> There's not going to be any flights. There won't be a There won't be an Uber in that city. You'll be I'm hiking home if there's a championship that's won. Fortunately,
0: I'm staying downtown, so I'm not worried about it. You know what the but, greatest
1: part is too? It's going to be during the Republican National Convention. oh well, right before that's uh, that's mid-July, but like they uh, have a they have a very short time to clean up all the bodies <laughs> and burnt cars. And, and there's going to be
0: even more, there's going to be even more bodies and burnt cars with the Republican National Convention. Th- yeah, right.
1: there's there's already some interesting stuff we could talk about <laughs> later, but let's keep it focused on the finals here. And, right.
0: Right, oh. so of course of course we just went over the Cavs, went over the Warriors. So let's talk about the matchup. Obviously we have a rematch from last year's NBA finals. We have the one seed from the East versus the one seed from the West. This is what the NBA wanted. We have two marketable stars in Steph Curry and LeBron James, former or current MVPs. High flying stars, guys who make crazy shots. You have controversy with Draymond Green. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great series to watch. And I mean, we just saw last night they broke a record for Game Seven of the Western Conference Finals, most viewed NBA game ever. I mean, this there's there's a lot of drama, a lot of build up to this series, and. I, for one, am very excited for this series, and I know you guys are very excited for this series, and you've been chomping at the bit waiting to talk about it, so, Farkey, I'm going to let you take this away. Tell me about this series. Tell
2: me what Cleveland's got a chance. Let's hear it. The good news for all the Cleveland fans out there is that in about the hour I was getting ready for work this morning, I came up with about a thousand unrational, unreasonable ways that we're going to win this series, so... None of them are really viable, except maybe one or two. But um, I'll tell you what. First thing, in all seriousness, I would say the boards. We have got to win the battle of the boards. The, the Golden State Warriors, they out-rebounded their opponents and won the games. that They out-rebounded their opponents, and they lost the games. They did not rebound their opponents. And with, with the Cavs, it's all about getting extra shots, especially with the fact that Golden State's capable of shooting the ball so well. But on the flip side of that – if we're only getting one shot and we're missing shots and not getting rebounds, it gives them an opportunity to get out and transition, get out in what they like to do. Then we're chasing after them. They're they're doing their pull-up threes, splashing from 30 feet out, and it just turns into a nightmare where they get in their groove. And, and like any any other team or any other player that, that's feeling success, that you feed off that momentum and then it just snowballs. And to be honest with you, I, I don't – I honestly do not think that we have the ability to overcome mentally the challenges of them making shots. So if we're missing shots, they're making shots. I just think it's going to end up being 20, 30 point games. So anything that we can do to curtail that, and it starts with rebounding. That that that's really the biggest point for me is rebounding. Finding and, and also finding a way to hide Kevin Love. They're going to if we can just play him against centers, traditional centers. They're on the floor. Then I think we'll be fine. It's it's really going to be a it's going to be a real sensitive issue because if they're out there with their death matchup and death lineup, whatever they call it, it's going to be hard to play Kevin Love, and they're going to have to make some hard decisions on whether so or not we can
1: sacrifice. Don't you think they're going to do something with Kevin Love so he's not trying to guard like Draymond? Or I mean, obviously, Bo gets in, he's not going to be matched up on him. I I'm trying to think who they're going to put against. They're probably going to put him on. You know. Jeez, why <laughs> wouldn't you just play? Why wouldn't you play Curry,
2: Thompson, Green, Barnes, and Iguodala all over thirty minutes? That's what I mean.
1: If they're going to do that, then you almost have to put Kevin Love on like a Barnes, don't you? Something because he's, he's not going to out rebound Draymond Green, um, and we're going to probably put Tristan on him. I'm just thinking about the matchup situation here. I think if he, he would have to play Barnes, he would have yeah. to play Barnes. He's the only player that he could play with. And even then, they're both just going to run from one end of the court to the other and stand mm-hmm. around the arc. And so it's really kind of a, a wash. Hopefully, I do think, obviously, Kevin Love can outshoot Harrison Barnes um, any day of the week. But my guy, I think, if they have a weakness is their starting lineup. It's Andrew Bogut. I think he's a lot liability. You saw the pace of play killed him against the Thunder. He couldn't keep up with Adams. And well, I think- Bogut won't play over 20 minutes a game in this series I I totally agree with that, he can't play over 20 minutes a game, I think they really have to make Draymond the 5 for this series and and keep it that way because like you saw last year when we were trying to play Moz it was a killer for us, we just couldn't match up and I think for us, you're going to see a lot more Channing Fry, who had one of the higher PRs in the entire Eastern Conference Finals um, and for the Western Conference Finals for that matter So I think you're going to see a lot of these smaller run-and-gun lineups from us to match up with what they're doing on the other side because I think it starts with a guy like Bogut. He can't run the way that these guys went. He was dying in some of those uh, periods.
2: When they're in that death matchup because they are so effective in that death matchup, the other thing Cavs have to do is they have to attack the rim because those guys cannot physically play with LeBron and even guys like Tristan Thompson underneath the basket, like that, with the high level that he plays at when they're in that size.
1: Yeah. And I think we saw a little bit of, I forget what the set was called that they were running against Toronto, that, you know, they ran off like 12 straight points again. And that was with a smaller lineup played by Toronto. And we matched with this, uh, another smaller lineup. And we were going to the hole every time backdoor cuts, doing getting some wide open shots off of a, a second or third touch. I think that's the key to it. And like you said earlier, Farkey, you can't, Get caught up in the emotion of two or three three pointers, you know, going in in a row, and our guys have played in that before. The only two that haven't are Kyrie and Love. I mean, Jr. I, you know, you can call him a nutcase if you want, but he's played in Oracle and he's made shots in Oracle. He also missed a lot of shots in Oracle, so it'll be interesting to see. I think it comes down to you know
0: Jr. Smith and Channing Friday to hit the big threes. This Cleveland team is. Yes, they've had some great displays of shooting where they broke the record for most three-pointers in a game, but there's also times where they get cold, and they need to make sure that Fry and Smith are just firing on all cylinders because they have to match up to the Steph Curry and to the uh, Klay Thompson three-pointers and the you know Iguodala getting to the hole and all that. So this team, you're going to have to see a lot faster pace of play. Um, So... Again, Mozgov's going to sit on the bench and have to continue to keep on doing his little cheerleading shtick. Um, and well, and the Moz. Cavs, I, I love him too. And I, I, unfortunately, he went from being a, uh, a guy who played a lot last year in the playoffs to really just being nothing more than a cheerleader. So that that high that high rate pace of play has to continue, and the Cavs got to hit their shots.
2: Simple as that. I agree. They need to get J.R. Smith going, but they're not going to. This entire series they're not gonna get J.R. Smith and Channing Fry going. I mean maybe Channing Fry will hit a three or two, but I mean I don't think that's that's the most important thing. Their big three have to outplay their our big three have to outplay their big three, period. I mean, Kyrie is such an X factor in this series, it's it's yeah. he's he's not only gonna to have to contain Curry, but they have got to rely on him to score again this series and to shoot the ball well. Right. I mean if, if he's not shooting the ball well, there's so many other things that that develop where he's dribble, dribble, shoot, and he's trying to get his, and he's trying to get going. and It just wastes so many possessions when he's not shooting the ball well.
0: So, Farkey, what do you think are the two biggest keys then to Cavs' success in the series? If you had to lay, lay, nail down to two keys, two
2: things that they need to do in order to win the series, what are they? They need to win the battle on the boards, and they need to get more offensive possessions than the Warriors'
0: battle the boards two more and more
2: offensive possession than the Warriors okay Burris what do you think they need to say it again Jason no I just said they that's it they need to be able to have more shot
1: attempts than the Warriors okay I agree with I agree with both of those I mean that extra possession off offensive rebounds would be huge and Tristan Thompson you know he's that's what he does best Um, if I have to boil it down to two things I think it's one, we can't try to outshoot them um, from beyond the arc. We've got to use our drill, dribble penetration and get to the rim, getting, um, you know, and ones, things like that. it got to get guys in foul trouble. And attacking a guy like Draymond Green is going to be huge. You know, he's one away. And it, it really – there's the, the enemy if you really want to talk to me about <laughs> I cannot stand this guy. And when he throws his hissy fits at, at referees and – you know he dunks and just th- throws up the fake ass bravado in the guy's face. So playing LeBron? He, he, <laughs> no, LeBron doesn't get. Like, uh, I'm, don't get me. Started. I'm not going to defend LeBron's antics over Draymond in, the, in a comparison. I'm not going to do that. But everybody has played basketball with or against somebody like Draymond Green. You know, and you just want to. to I don't even say what I would do, but you know, I digress. Anyway, my second point is we have to make those same threes. Even though we can't be you know trying to outshoot them, we have to make our attempts. These are two teams that have, have led the NBA in three-point uh, made three-point makes per game back-to-back years and the uh, uh, percentage made. So, going into this game into this series, in NBA history, no team has made more three-pointers per game. We're 14.4 three-pointers per game. And that number is skewed up there by those record-breaking games for sure. And Golden State comes in second at 12.5 three-pointers per game. Last year, they are a little bit lower than that. So we to say that we can't do that, well, that's our team. That's our game. We're the best three-point shooting team in the East. There's the best three-point shooting team in the West. Who's going to slug it out? And then I think what, what Farkas said was right. It's going to come down to, well, when we do miss – can we turn that into an extra possession, and you know, possibly get to the rim and then go from there? And if you want to say, what's the X factor? You know, if, if it's if it's two A and two B, the X factor is LeBron James. Is this going to be LeBron James who's passive and is you know trying to get everybody else going and not attacking? You know, he's efficient; he's leading the NBA player efficiency for the umpteenth year. But is he going to take over when he needs to? He shoot. He showed some flashes in the late. You know, uh, games in the Toronto series where we were begging for him to do something when it, he was like almost saying, "No, no, no! I got to let my guys figure this out. No time left. Got to do it right. Got to have a sense of urgency." So, this this
2: question too is is isn't even really a fair question because it, they can't just do two things well. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking about those two things I said, and yeah, they're important, but there's three other things that are just sure. important. And if they don't do all five or whatever the number is, they're not going to win this series because. For one, let's not let's not pretend that Curry isn't going to average in the thirties in the series. All of a sudden, Kyrie Irving is going to be able to defend the best offensive player in the league for a series. No, no that's not right. It. So, he's going to average in the thirties. That isn't the problem. The problem is not getting rebounds. The problem is not keeping the ball moving. Standing around watching LeBron, watching Kyrie, not getting other players involved, not. Not uh, keeping Draymond Green in check or being in passing lanes because we know Steph Curry loves to loves to throw passes where he's not looking. So all those things, if they don't, if they don't do those things, I mean, we're already. I know I'm joking. I'm a homer, but we're such a disadvantage against this team. It's such a terrible matchup for us that it, they cannot just do two things right and win this game. The
1: margin of error is razor thin. It is absolutely razor thin, especially in Oracle Arena.
0: Right, and, and you, you pulled the words right out of my mouth, Burris. Uh, the margin of error is a lot higher for the Warriors, obviously, in, the, in this case. With the matchup, with the home court advantage, the Cavs have to play perfect basketball, I think, in order to win this series. And they didn't play perfect basketball against the Raptors. And maybe that was because they were just, just disinterested because they knew they could turn it on when they needed to, but you guys have mentioned this multiple times on this podcast, that sometimes they do play disinterested, and you guys both touched upon, I think, a very important factor, and that's when and you know Steph Curry goes on his little spree where he hits ridiculous shots from seven feet outside the three point line that just shouldn't go in, or Clay Thompson makes those ridiculous shots with guys who have a hand in their fa- hand in his face, and you know they roll off 15 straight points or go on one of those runs. They have to you know realize okay we have to overcome this adversity and we really need to teach this team, and they don't need to match three for three. They have to remember that. I think that instead of you know, get to the hole instead of just kicking it outside for a three pointer that might be contested. Just because Golden State hit a three to turn the, the, the momentum around in their in their direction or
1: something along well, those lines. So. I, I hate to have a, a loser mentality about this. And so I don't want to end this thing on that note. I mean, Farkey's on his way to Vegas and he's gonna if gambling was legal in Ohio, which it's not, uh, so we're gonna, you know, channel all our our good juju through him in in, uh, the sports books of vegas where'd you say bellagio 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 i'm not going to go out on a losing mentality we have a better team this year than we did last year am i wrong right right better team this year than we did last year our numbers are better this year than they were last year we still have arguably the best player on the planet leading this team i like our odds i'm sticking with this team i'm not going to go out and say well Pack it in, boys. There's another Eastern Conference championship, and that's it. That's the end of the line. I, I do think this thing is going to go six, and I do think it's coming on to Cleveland.
0: Okay, so we have the first prediction of the night from Jerry Burris. Farky. what's your prediction for the series?
2: I want to make one other point, too. That go it's, for it. It's with James and Irving, and I think – you know, one of the keys too between the two of them, this is a combo because they both have the same issue, is is we go to through those five to ten minute stretches where only they touch the ball or there's only one pass before a shot. And and with the epic challenge that we're gonna have on defense, just from, from experience playing basketball myself, I mean, when you play with players like that, you become so it's lackadaisical and these guys have to be so engaged on defense or or stay in the flow of an offense when when we go through those five to ten minute periods which we've all seen it we all bitch about it i mean they, that's that's what could be a killer for them but um yeah. you know as long as we're moving the ball we, we touched on it earlier i'm just i'm repeating myself because i'm just thinking about how these guys should be so well aware of the things that we do well and win games with but
1: isn't. i'm sorry but there's it's just aggravating when they when they fall in and slip into those moments for five to ten. But doesn't the style of the way the NBA finals are run, you know, it's a disjointed game. They break it up with the TV, the TV breaks and stuff. And I believe there's an extra one per half. Am I wrong on that? Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't that favor Cleveland? You know. They get in those giant, those you know, monster three point runs, in a, and all of a sudden we get a, a timeout, and then we get an extra one, you know, coming off of a this was it the six minute or something like that? I think that's in our favor. That's something else we can't forget. Is the game is it's kind of like when you watch a Super Bowl game, it feels different. It doesn't have the same rhythm. It's it's got a little bit of a, a change in the way things are operating. Um, as a fan in our
2: favor that does play in our favor that does right.
1: play in our favor that, that doesn't mean we're gonna have these like longer runs of, of of uh offense to defense and so on and so forth it as a fan it sucks um these nine o'clock these nine o'clock starts you know luckily brutal it, it's it's a little rough i, I don't i kind of wish we were playing you know at, at eight o'clock but um we'll get through it i just i'm not a fan of the way abc runs the finals I don't like who they put on the games. I, I actually have to give a lot of credit to TNT. I think they did a phenomenal job with the Western Conference Finals. Um, I don't know what you guys yeah, like You sound best. like
0: such an old curmudgeon right now. Oh That's my, fine. All you, can right. lawn, you can get off oh. my lawn, Luke. You can get off my lawn, but I want to hear
1: <laughs> the hot takes of uh, Charles Barkley and Kenny the Jet Smith. I don't want to hear what Doris Burke is getting to us. I want to know what Craig Sager is getting for us. <laughs> Just my I, opinion.
2: I, I truly believe too that the Warriors are taking us light. They will take us light, and people can can say, "Oh, they're professionals. Uh, they, they know better." No, it's human nature, and I they they've shifted from confident to uh, I don't even know what word I want to use, but it's it's above confident, especially with the Cavs, and and they need to remember. Hopefully, they're not going to remember that that Love and Irving did not play last year against them. Right. So, I'm, I'm banking on that a little bit too, for sure.
0: No, I I really think that it's it's a totally different uh, it's a totally different series than last year because not only are K-Love and Kyrie Irving playing in this series, but also too, you know, the Cavs they had the experience with LeBron James last year, while the Warriors were still a relatively new team that was finding success. So now the the script's been flipped it a little bit, and uh, they've been flipped a little bit. I'm sorry, and obviously, you know, game one. Uh, Golden State's favored by five and a half points, and they're favored to win the series overall. So I think that you know if LeBron can actually take in that's "me against the world" mentality and and use that to his advantage to motivate him, I think the Cavs got this. I really do. I think I'm going to actually agree with you, Burris, and say I, I really do think the Cavs are going to win this in six, and I think it's going to be a great great series, unlike the Eastern Conference Finals and most of the Western Conference Finals, which well, were, are just snoozefests. snooze fests.
1: You were two for two on the on the conference finals, so I hope <laughs> yeah. the prediction continues. It sounds it sounds funny to say, but
2: I, I really just hope that LeBron goes out there and, and just looks like he's having fun, plays loose. Almost like look what I found. I I, I found a team to bring with me this year and, and right. you know, see the fruits of that. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a really fun series to watch. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I I do have to – I was giving you crap burst. I I hate the 9 o'clock starts as well because it's weird. Like once I hit like 11 o'clock – it, it, anything after like even if it's 1105 the next morning i'm i'm worthless for the first 30 minutes of the day so if it's <laughs> 10 if it's i'm good but if it's 11 o'clock I'm, I'm miserable um and i was up obviously last night watching that western conference finals so um you know the west coast uh, i hate it i hate how they do the start time but it is what it is um so farky what is your final prediction for this series are you gonna roll with me and burris and say six games or what are you thinking
2: I think the Cavs win the series, and I don't think they can win game seven, so I'm going to say six. There you have it.
0: The Never the Ending Glory podcast, all three of your hosts are saying six games for the Cavs, and you know hopefully that's a little bit more than blind faith, and I think that both Fargus and Burris have proven their point on why the Cavs do have a shot in this series. Obviously, it's not going to be easy, but Golden State Warriors aren't just going to roll over and die and let this team win, so...
2: And I'd be remiss if I didn't say that because it was obvious we didn't mention the point that they have the best player in the world. Well, uh, true. Not the MVP, but the best player in the world. Agreed. (laughs) Yeah, if he would have scored more than 37 points in a game this year, then he would be the MVP because I did hear you guys' last podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We won't even get into that. Well, you missed that podcast,
0: um, but... Anyways, that's all the time we have for tonight. Uh, Farkey, again, thank you very much for joining us.
1: Let's go. Come on, Cavs. We got another anthem. We got to get in here. I home, wish you the, we're bringing I, the championship home. Don't, don't worry about a thing. We got you, baby.
0: <laughs> well, again, I hope I'm there for the championship and for the parade. And I do wish you the best of luck in Vegas you know put 20 on black for me and uh of course good luck on the on the cruise as well you have uh, a fun-filled couple weeks here so i am i am rather jealous but at the same time i know my body would probably shut down after about night four so
2: i appreciate that i i I will definitely enjoy myself and hopefully if if our hosts are, are good to our fans and listeners Maybe there will be a special podcast out there over the next five days. Ooh, oh, it's Vegas getting exciting. style <laughs> pot.
0: Mark, <laughs> you bring I, us back I... some duty-free Kahlua, please? <laughs> <laughs> But yes, that's all the time we have for tonight. Thank you very much for listening. Of course, find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at LGrilly88. You can find Burris at Burris40. And of course, find Farkas at Farkas2220. Check us out on Facebook, Never Ending Glory Podcast. And of course, send us emails at negpodcast at gmail.com. And be sure to check out the companion blog at www.negpodcast.com. Dot com. Thanks again for listening. Jer, Farkey. be well. We'll talk soon. Go Cavs. See you later.